welcome to episode number 16 of our third season of Podrick the Podcast. This season is titled Exploring the Multiverse, where I, Maor Sadra, CEO at Incremental, and your host, interview industry thought leaders and experts over wacky what-if scenarios. I mentioned that this is episode number 16, as 16 years is roughly the amount of time today's interview and I go back. Paul Bowen is a dear friend and a former colleague of mine. We grew up together in this space, and Paul has been extremely influential in my own career. It was an honor and privilege going into hypothetical scenarios with him that may actually not be that hypothetical once you hear our thoughts. It's always a pleasure catching up and speaking with Paul, and you'll surely pick up on that while listening to our conversation. So enjoy... progress call that means you need to click get it don't exit the meeting look at that i know i know you're slow (laughs) so i learned banter from you paul yeah but there's good banter and bad banter that was bad banter so i just i I do i do sometimes uh, tell people what uh, what was the nickname you gave me when we worked together um like i don't know almost two decades ago you had a special nickname for me which was I do not remember. Uh, well, I'm going to remember when you tell me. Well, this was a company where it was a small company. Like, what was it? Like five, six people. Everyone was a marathon runner other than me. Was it fatty? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. And I wasn't even fatty back then. Uh, I think I'm... <laughs> back then. <laughs> I think I'm fattier yeah, me... now. But yes, the nickname you gave me was fatty. So that, anyway, I learned what was British banter all about. It's good that this is all being recorded. For, no, no, uh... of course, I'm using everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, welcome to uh, the Incremental Podcast. Um, this season is called Exploring the Multiverse, where we go into hypotheticals, things that are likely never going to happen. Who knows? They might. Uh, and then hear your thoughts and kind of like, you know, go into those. Uh, but before we go into those, um, how about introducing yourself to our listeners? Yeah, thanks for uh, inviting me, Mo. I think I think uh, I've known you quite a while now, maybe uh, 15, 16 years. We've uh, known each other since we worked together. Uh, I think probably back in two thousand six when we when we started working together. So very happy to to be on your podcast. Um, so yeah, my name's uh, Paul Bowen. Uh, currently, I'm Chief Revenue Officer of a company named Stream Elements. Um, been in the marketing and advertising uh, world for uh, twenty one years now. Um, so started on the agency side, then moved over to the sales side, uh, done both desktop and uh, mobile uh, and um, still loving it. Yeah. So loving loving what we do. And to, to give you a little bit about uh, kind of what Stream Elements does, we're a uh, cloud based software platform used by creators to run their production audience engagement and monetization services. Um, so we're used by 1.6 million creators every month across Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok. Um, and from a monetization point of view, we run scaled performance marketing campaigns um, through sponsorships uh, across thousands of creators. So we work on a pay for performance model uh, as a managed service where we drive ROAS and returns for performance advertisers on, on those platforms using, using creators. So it's kind of a unique proposition. Um, 
most of the influencer space right now is more in the kind of awareness slash brand world. Um, so you have kind of top talent, people like Kim Kardashian, who charge $300,000 for, for one Instagram post. Um, we work more with the kind of the mid-tier and long-tail of creator to help them uh, make money, run their, run their, um, run, run kind of being a creator as a business and, and support that ecosystem. And since um, you, anyway. you mentioned Twitch, so are you guys like very strong in the gaming space? Yeah, that's predominantly where our, our customers are right now. So um, focus really on kind of strategy and RPG. But um, as we grow on YouTube, we're we're moving into different genres. Um, but yeah, Twitch is obviously uh, kind of a more of a mid-core kind of hardcore uh, platform. A lot of console on there, AAA gaming. So, um, but yeah, very heavily in the in the gaming world. Um, so yep. Cool. And before this, you were also on the gaming side with like publishers at Unity, right? So this is not like new for you. Yeah, I've worked at Tapjoy. Um, I was uh, the founder of Tapjoy Europe, I guess you could say. Uh, so the first employee there and hired and grew the office there and then moved over to San Francisco, um, where I, I joined Unity um, after a period of time at Tapjoy in, in San Francisco um, and oversaw the account management team at, at Unity for three years. Um, working with both performance advertisers and gaming publishers to, to basically monetize and grow their games. Um, so it's been about a bit, and my last company was was Liftoff, well, a, a startup called uh, Algolift that got acquired by Bungle and then merged with Liftoff. So that past couple of years have been quite crazy. Uh, Unity, uh, Tapjoy got sold to to uh, Iron Source, Unity IPO'd, and, and we also were very fortunate enough to sell Algolift as well to Bungle. So it's been... It's been a very fun couple of years. Cool. Well, thank you again for your time and joining me from your Seattle home, I guess. Yeah. Yes, I live in Seattle. Yeah. Although I'm British originally, uh, as you well know. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it sounds like it. Cool. Uh, so um, we're going to go into a hypothetical that is, um, I think, in, out of the out of the craziest hypotheticals I've been asking people, this one might not be that crazy. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to start with the question itself and let's see kind of like what your thoughts are. What if Apple goes ahead and says, you know what? We heard you, Epic. Um, thanks for the lawsuit. Uh, we decided we're going to go for it. We're going to open it up and allow third-party app stores. Okay. What would that mean? We're going to talk about it now, but we're going to go ahead and offer like third-party to create an app stores either within their apps or literally like an app store. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the first question that um, if Apple decided um, through uh, to kind of open up um, to allow um, other app stores, kind of how would that actual experience be for the for the end user? So, um, you know, many companies have tried to launch um, some form of standalone service as, a, as an app service, but have always fallen foul of Apple's uh, terms and conditions. So, you know, thinking back to you know, maybe 2012, 2013, uh, free app a day, they had kind of had this service where they would uh, give away, uh, in air quotes, a free app. And, and those apps were able to kind of get to the top of the app store because everyone wanted kind of this free app. Um, and Apple stopped that service operating because they kind of, you know, didn't want that standalone service. So, you know, there's this potential of maybe it's a standalone service um, where there's a store experience and people enter, enter an app and can can discover and download apps. I think the, the question for that standalone experience is, are the apps then hosted and, and um, within that uh, app experience? 
or do, do those um, store owners push people over to the app store? I, I would guess you want to create your own experience, which takes a bunch of resources. And so I, I think there's a limited number of companies who could actually build their own app store. I don't think there's a long list of, of companies who could do all the build all the infra infrastructure that's requ required to kind of build that standalone store. So I think more likely what's gonna gonna happen is we're gonna see a store experience within sort of existing apps. And I think you know there are some big apps out there that that could do that um, and build more of a kind of store experience where you can go and and sort through app apps um and download one um most likely i think from the app store um but you know maybe the the larger companies again will um be able to actually um in some way uh host those apps so they can also control the payments and things like that um so yeah i think the first question is what what's more likely i actually think both might happen i think there'll be standalone stores and there'll be a store experience within apps i don't see why you would have one or the other would you um, see Apple literally allowing Google to, in a way, port the Android store or like the Google store into Apple? I I don't I don't see if they did if they opened it up. I don't see how they couldn't avoid that. Uh, I don't see how they would sit. They'll be able to say no to that. So yeah, I think if you think about some of the the companies that actually could be successful here, I think Google's probably top of the list. Um, just because they have all the relationships with all the, all the the publishers and the app developers. Uh, they have payments infrastructure, they have distribution from Chrome, YouTube, uh, Google Ads. So they have a massive amount of infrastructure to actually be able to make this work. I think they'd probably be the most interesting candidate to actually launch a rival standalone app store, but even a, um, you know, more of a, an in-app experience um, as well. But yeah, I think Google would be the number one candidate. And then I think probably Facebook would be second. Facebook have been trying to do this for quite a while. They had Facebook Gaming. Um, which kind of got curtailed by Apple um, because of this this kind of rule around not allowing app stores. Um, you know, they've basically given up on that more or less, I'd say. So they were trying it on, on, on Android for a bit, but I think, you know, unless it's cross-platform and especially on iOS where the, where the LTVs are, are higher, it doesn't make sense. So I think Facebook and Google would be probably the most excited about this change, I think. Um, how would you and say then, monetizing on that, by the way? So again, Apple like does make a sizable revenue from the App Store today. Maybe it's not like a, you know, it's it's not the bread and butter. Let's call it like that. But they will they wouldn't just say, you know, what? yeah, sure, if you publish apps through this store, then we just just don't take a cut. Yeah, I think I I, I kind of start thinking about this from a security point of view. So does Apple need to approve every app on on iOS going forward? Do, do they have to approve that, and therefore do they force you to implement some of their payment infrastructure and then charge a fee for both those? So that would be the first thing. If if they if there is no requirement on the security side, I I don't really see how how Apple could charge any sort of fee on that. So um, if there's no form of approval on the Apple side, I, I just don't see how they could how, how they could charge anything. But I think Apple will want to continue to take a fee for uh, for owning and operating and, and innovating on iOS. So I, I just think they will do everything they can to, to try and um, ensure the experience is, is good for the end user, which is kind of how they position this and therefore charge a fee for ensuring that 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 continues. So there um, you see kind of like a selected approval process. Again, it's not like everyone can do it. Android style, APK, do you allow installing from unknown sources? Like you don't see that. 
I no, I I don't see that. Although you kind of can do that on Mac, um, so so maybe. Uh, but they've just been a lot stricter about iOS historically. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Um, well, like I think again, the part of the Apple experience is, of course, like the fact that everything is baked in, including the payments, like uh, the, the payment get, gateway, which gives Apple as a, um, a lot of stickiness with the users. Like you don't want to migrate. There's no chance you want to migrate. And usually, again, if you're an iOS user, you're going to start migrating other devices to the world of Apple. Um, so I, I wouldn't see them necessarily like losing that control and allowing Google payments. At, at all? You, did, you wouldn't see that at all? No, no. I uh, I think that, again, like, you know, there's another hypothetical that I've been asking people, like, what if Apple would to reduce the App Store fees from like 30% to, I don't know, 10% and so on. And most people kind of think this is not that unlikely. Because I mean, I, way, I, I think it. I think like it's likely, but under competition, I, I'm not sure that necessarily a law will be passed. Competition that, that... or scrutiny or both. Yeah. I think it's within their interest. Even well, I think under, so I think under us and under this hypothetical of multiple app stores, I think it's more likely mm. due to competition than it is necessarily because of any legislation. So, I, you know, I think there is a different thread, which is under legislation. Yeah, for sure. Apple may be forced to kind of reduce their, their store fees, but I think I think in this world, I think you know one of the positives of of uh, multi app store uh, iOS is just that there's just going to be far more competition. Um, so I think you know if you talk about content, there's gonna, there could be some really interesting, um, well, interesting or maybe not interesting, but you know there's there's a the whole idea about exclusivity. So you know. Um, Microsoft is currently trying to to acquire um, Activision Blizzard and get that approved. Um, would Call of Duty be exclusive for 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 their uh, for their users, whether kind of in their uh, own app own app store or within their apps? Um, and and the same for kind of all the other the other companies we talked about. So Google could just offer Google Mail, you know. Chrome, YouTube, all within their app store, and then not offer it on on in within the iOS app store, which might be interesting. So you have this very fragmented ecosystem where um, you can't go to the app store and download Google services because you have to go to the Google app store to get it. So that's that's quite interesting. I think it might also be an, a boon for kind of third party publishers if we see these third party app stores because historically what we've seen is these platform companies want to throw around big. Um, bonuses or exclusivity uh, guarantees for, for running in those app stores. So there might be a kind of a another resurgence of mobile content where, you know, these big platforms are throwing around a lot of money to get content built for their for their app stores or even exclusivity as well. So there may be a real arms race for content for a little bit. Um, I mean, that's tended to, you know, if you look at kind of PlayStation and Xbox, there's not a ton of exclusives on there anymore. Most companies want to go both cross-platform uh, straight away, but there's there was definitely a period of time there where those each of those kind of platforms was vying for exclusive content because, you know, con content helps sell devices. Um, uh, and, you know, in, in the scenario we're talking about, content basically brings you back to the App Store to discover more more um, content. So it kind of drives retention and, and revenue, uh, which is kind of what these App Store owners uh, would want to do. 
so I think yeah this whole there's this whole kind of what would this do to content would it go exclusive how would how would um, these um, platform holders kind of attract content creators to their app store that's that's kind of an interesting proposition right now you know I started thinking about it like while you were talking I started thinking a lot about Roblox because Roblox basically is an app store yep yeah okay. I mean they get through through via the reader streaming rules uh, which are another one of Apple's kind of nuanced uh, terms of service but yeah they have um, they yeah. are an app store ne Netflix also... is an app store as well in in some respects from the video yeah. side indeed indeed so again sometimes the rules don't really apply to everyone and uh, again when you think about it like with Roblox so there's you know the games are almost ex exclusive to Roblox right yeah yeah they are yeah uh, I mean there are there's not really what well, I don't think there is really any other viable ecosystem like Roblox to really operate that in right now so yeah and and Netflix games are also exclusive to Netflix yeah well they're mostly acquiring the the IP yeah, right yeah. so they, yeah yeah so again I would say in a way this is not such a hypothetical it's basically starting already yeah, and Epic Epic did the same as well, right? So when they first launched the Epic Game Store, they were throwing a bunch of money around. They spent hundreds of millions on content. Um, so it, it definitely has happened. The the and it has happened, as you say, on iOS. Um, I would say though, the the deepest pocket pocketed companies haven't quite yet kind of entered the game yet. So I think that's yeah, if uh, Facebook or, or or Microsoft with Activision um, under their wings kind of really went into this space. It could get very interesting for kind of content creators. Um, yeah, we have also haven't really talked about many gaming companies, are, although, you know, there's been so much consolidation uh, in the gaming space. I'm not sure this is really something that a gaming company could actually execute from kind of operating the uh, an app store. I think this has to be kind of a company more of a technology company than it is necessarily a gaming company. You know, I, I don't know whether EA could necessarily make this super successful on mobile. Um, no, but yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, the way that advertising works right now, you know, these ad, some of these games are so full of ads already. They're essentially, you know, app stores already, you know, the way that Facebook was able to target ads the, the the reason it kind of you know part of the reason I think that Apple find a challenge with them was they were just so good at, at, at allowing uh, at distributing ads so you know allowing um, users to find apps that were relevant for them and I think um, you know well we haven't talked about marketing yet but I think what would happen on the marketing side is very interesting as well so would there be any changes to how ads were targeted because right now with ACT everyone's pretty limited in terms of in terms of how they how they distribute so you know the companies we talked about um before a lot of them would would have to do kind of attribution through um some form of login and, and some form of sck within the kind of promoted app um i wonder whether in under this scenario whether att um could it could it continue to stand would there be pressure on apple so i know one of the scenarios you've been talking about is like could ATC be reversed? Um, I don't see that happening unless kind of um, there is an alternative offered. Uh, and right now, I don't see a global alternative to ATC being offered by any any government. It's quite a technical thing to try and implement. No, um, but again, if, if this is essentially my store, again, let's go for the Netflix extreme or the Roblox extreme. If it's my store, then I know you, Paul, as a user, and I know yep. that you, Paul, downloaded or played this and this and that and that game. So like, 
Again, I'm the walled garden again. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In that case, you are. Um so but I also question about kind of cross app store so like services. Could that exist as well? Um might be interesting. Um, but yeah, the if if it's your wall wall garden, your um promoting from your app store to your app store, then then you kind of have the full data loop to to be able to 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 check the click and yeah, but then again, like there. in order to essentially like make a difference, like it's size matters. So going back to kind of like the only companies that can really like afford this are the Facebooks of the world, the Googles of the world, the Microsoft of the world. So it's not like you're really like creating a, like an open platform where everybody, theoretically, maybe everybody can do this. But the yep. reality is no, can, no one can really penetrate without enormous scale. Agreed. And I actually, <laughs> the more that we talk about this, the more that this sounds like it, this doesn't sound like a good world. And I'd rather we just invested more in the open, <laughs> the open, the open web than we did in this, in this, in this world, because I think this would cause some good short-term wins for content creators. You know, these platforms would go to war, but I think ultimately the, the consumer would lose in this world. Um, and, you know, generally the consumer wins when it's more open and, um, it's just easy. It's yeah. You, know, you have to enter your credit card details into five different companies. To, if we go to... uh, not not uh, paranoid, but this is like a conspiracy theory. Um, wouldn't it be in the interest of Apple to essentially allow it in order to have companies bankroll this in order to lose? As in they this invest is a bunch of conspiracy like mode. They invest a bunch of money into it, but it's ultimately not it doesn't, successful. It doesn't and actually, so there's a, yeah, like I mean, I I'm not sure Apple Apple doesn't Apple does I don't think Apple spends a lot of time no, this, looking at other yeah, other companies. For sure, unless, for sure. This unless is why they're... this is like completely out of nowhere. Yeah, I I mean I don't think Apple ever see these companies as a as a threat. Um uh, so I think unless they necessarily saw them as a, a threat to their core business, which is basically device manufacturing, I, you know, I don't, I don't think they that makes sense. Um, but then yeah. again, so if we but go, the, but they have, they have, so, they have, you know, why did Apple been allow certain things to Netflix, but went full in lawsuit mode against Epic? I mean, <laughs> that's already, yeah, that's already happened, right? And yeah. They've allowed things for Netflix and, you know, whereas at the same time they've uh, stopped Facebook, you know, doing cross cross app attribution. So like they have, um, they're definitely not um, systematically uh, consistent across their ecosystem, which I think is what a lot of people find a challenge. But um, I, I couldn't see them trying to, you know, have other companies invest in a, in a loss making business to come out the tech winner because, they pretty much already are the tech winner. So I, yeah, unless unless they saw someone actually, you know, right now they're battling the um, the legislators, not not necessarily these are the tech companies. It's not really the position they're in right now. Going back to the original question, so if you had to put a percent, like you know, zero to one hundred, what's the likelihood of Apple opening up to third party app stores? I'd say sixty percent right now, based on. Okay. Oh, maybe even higher. I mean, there's there's legislation in the EU. There's a lot of talk about them about Apple even working on this stuff, but you know, it's just hearsay and gossip right now. But I would say it's it's reasonably high. Um, I think the question is, what does that look like? Um, you know, 
Apple will try and retain control of their ecosystem as much as possible for as long as possible. Um, and they will, they just don't want to give them, you know, with, with the kind of message that this is good for consumers. And, and um, but I think, you know, there's more and more evidence that, that maybe that's not always the case. So um, yeah, I, I think there's a pretty high likelihood that those, those cases of, um, of consumers not being well serviced will continue to be raised um, by these tech companies. And then, you know, eventually Apple's going to have to just, you know, make a move. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do it similar to ATT. So it's interesting with ATT that they kind of got ahead of any legislation. They they basically own the narrative on privacy, which was very smart from them, right? Because as, as I said, so there's no way you can really roll back ATT now. There has to be an alternative to go to. So they've done a great job of just owning the narrative and saying, look, we are a privacy company. We uh, care about privacy. Um, and and it's hard for any government to say, actually, no, we're going to roll that back and allow all these te uh, tech companies to target you. So it would be very smart of them to get ahead of this and, and put something out that that where they've owned the solution, they're not forced to do something because the government's told them to do it. And again, I'm trying to picture again the next WWDC Apple going. And one more thing, starting iOS 17, uh, you will be able to install the Microsoft Game Store Xbox Live. Yeah, I mean, I if I were them, I would make sure I... It feels just, like a long think, shot. It, it does, it does, but I would... For that, for Apple, I would they they need to own the privacy, the security, and the payments would be the things that I would be that would be the angle that I would be coming coming at it from. So if I was to allow this, they're the things I would make sure that I was um, clear on. Um, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't, and I also don't think they're going to be announcing this at any, anything to do with this at WWDC. I don't think, you know. Um, no, because you mentioned you mentioned a, a ATT, but okay. So let's let's again go go into this um, like a little bit deeper. So who do you think is the going to be the most benefited, like benefiting from this, if it were to happen? Uh, Beyond the stores. Uh, well, I'd say in the short term, the con you know content creators just generally because I think there's going to be a lot of money thrown around. Um, and then, I mean, you said beside the stores, but I think Facebook. Given the hit they've taken from ATC, I think, you know, their ambitions to build a store have been have been longstanding on on a cross platform store, and I think anything that would allow them to use their user data to to serve content in a in a smarter way would, would benefit them best. They also have, you know, some of the best consumer apps. So, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger. Like, if you look at some of the other companies, they don't necessarily have great consumer apps. You know, like. Google, Chrome, YouTube, email, and maps are not as good for kind of like this store experience that maybe we're talking about versus more of the social stuff. Um, so yeah, I think Facebook would be the biggest uh, beneficiary of, of kind of the big tech platforms, but I think all the gaming companies, like you know, the top game companies would, would be beneficiaries from it because I think there, there would be a lot of money thrown around. Um, store fees would be reduced. Uh, there would be exclusive exclusivity or it would, be, um, it would be like an m a uh, extravaganza well we've already had that last few years there's not many more companies to acquire but no, i but think that would yeah, be a, so, content, so I, a content game that would be again the yeah. store essentially going out and just buying everything well i think it, it might be interesting for you know we've had we last three years we've had kind of a consolidation especially on the gaming side of content yeah. and i think 
it this could be a really nice fuel for the next kind of phase of content that's just just starting to be created right now so i think att has caused a lot of uh, companies to feel differently about the um about you know how you market a game uh, and therefore how you build it and i think um so those get those games and, and and apps are getting built right now and i think um I think this could actually be quite beneficial to that because I think it would give, well, it would give an artificial boost to to a bunch of those companies. Um, Who's going to be negatively just, affected by this? I mean, Apple. Um, they've you know, they've got the ecosystem locked down right now, and it, it doesn't seem tenable. And um, they're doing everything they can to 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 stop, um, you know, this creep. And they're you know carving out all these random rules for reader apps and different geo different countries when you know they say oh you need to do this you know south korea whoever um but I, you know i just don't think yeah so clearly they don't think this is beneficial for them or they would have or they would have done something differently right they wouldn't be they wouldn't be fighting these lawsuits uh, uh, if they thought it was a good move for them to <sighs> to to so or, again, or have the or have the terms of service that they do about operating an app store within an app store. They would they would have removed that if they thought it was going to be good for for them. Um, and 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 the other one, as, as I said, I think this is not good for the consumer um, because I just think it's too confusing. I think the open web would be a better way to go. Yeah, I think look when it came to ATT for sure, Apple profited it more than anyone else. Um, we, we, but by by far, <laughs> yeah, we did pretty well. We were happy about ATT as well, but again, not to gloat. But um, app stores, again, I think only if they built it in a way where for sure it's about only exclusive partnerships that have an Apple badge and there is a curation process and maybe there is even a fee. Maybe there is even a cross-platform licensing fees. And so it's not just um um the like after transaction fees but also to get your app curated and published who knows maybe that's a different business model that ends up being beneficial for them yeah that's kind of what, what i was saying about the the security and the payments um i think they they have to own that piece um and and if i were them that's what i would get ahead of um right now uh in terms of any solution that i offer before i'm kind of forced to offer it so um I think this security and payments are things that I would just say, look, these are kind of standard for our platform. We want to own these. And so this is our solution for this multi-party app store world. And I think um, with that, it may be challenging for, um, you know, they've already put put their flag in the in the ground in terms of what they offer. And I think what they did in ATT was very smart because again, it's, you know, you need to, you can't just pull that back now i don't think there's any way that you can go back from that it's not a good message to say we don't want to um we don't want users privacy to be protected and i think yeah. again if apple put put it out that they say look we think we'll allow multiple app source but we want to take a, a, pay, a percentage of fee or we'll do some sort of security check on it or editorial check i i just think that's true to kind of how they operate as a platform but it also opens up the market which is kind of what the whatever everyone's oh, asking them to do. So again, personally, so I challenge your 60%. I think it's 100%, but I think that the way that this is going to happen is not below the radar because everything that Apple does is over the radar. Um, but I think- What do you mean by over? What do you mean uh, by over the radar? Like very, very visible. You know, anything like Apple does, everyone knows about it. 
But I'm saying it's similar to how Netflix now operates in a way, a third-party app store within the app store and Roblox does. I think that's going to happen with other large operators. I don't think with Facebook. I do think with like a Microsoft, with Xbox, maybe with PlayStation, if they like, decide that we want to go mobile again, um, even though Vita was pretty cool. I don't know if you ever owned the Vita. That was a very, very I didn't cool. get a Vita. Really Why do you cool. say no to Facebook? Um, why? Because I actually don't think the content is like app storable. Okay. So I'm like, um, Instagram is an app, WhatsApp is an app, but there is nothing really beyond that, that Facebook could be essentially selling to the consumer from a content standpoint. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's third party, right? So yeah. it's not, it's not their no, content. Is Netflix but... is basically first party, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And I, I, I mean, on the Facebook point, I think the what they lost, I don't know whether they can get it back, right? Because the the thing that Facebook had was a ton of data about what yeah. users were doing on other apps. But if you, Facebook's first party data isn't very good for gaming um, or, or, or for actually, it's not, it's not great for any app. You know, you're on there as a social user. You're not necessarily, like say they have good, good demographic data, but really poor behavioral data. Um, Whereas if you have great behavioral data because you're Netflix and you know what type of um, content someone's consuming, you can serve similar type content to them. So I, I do think behavioral data, if you have a good behavioral data, first party data, then you're um, relative to the, related to the content, then you're probably in a, a good spot there. Then I would see like a bigger likelihood is that Netflix is becoming the next Facebook when it comes to an advertising platform. If they start opening up their ads to like people that don't have a $20 million minimum budget. Um, if they start putting ads on mobile. Um yeah, I the well, I've not I've not seen the the free tier. Uh I, I Netflix has always positioned itself as premium, right? And they're all they're already and I just don't know whether they're gonna come down to the Are you didn't downgrade your license? It no, would save you like seven bucks, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure it's worth it. But um I just don't see, like you know, Pluto, there is already there is already someone at the bottom of the market, Pluto TV, and there's a few others down there who kind of do the the completely ad free model, and I would say they're probably better suited. Well, they already have opened up their ecosystem, so like RTB platforms. I, I think yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix um off, offered a self serve platform uh for buying advertising, but I have I think they would have quite a high bar in terms of who they would actually spend let's spend on the platform just because of how they position themselves from a content point of view but i'm saying if if they continue um if they continue distributing games and maybe apps in the future as well then essentially they start getting uh, again it's not the facebook's uh, enormous sets of data three years ago but maybe it's data that is suitable for like hyper targeting of people based on behaviors and then they could become a pretty good channel for a lot of advertisers from a performance standpoint. Well, I mean, in the gaming space, they're mainly acquiring high high retention, low low revenue games. So they're not they're not you know they're the games that they're partnering with are not there to drive revenue. They're dr there to drive retention of the core Netflix service. I, I don't know whether that da data from people playing those games is necessarily great to to know how to target like a social casino app or, or even like a non any form of non-gaming app i'm not sure that data is necessarily 
that valuable because it's kind of a completely different segment of of game that they're working with there. Okay, so um, we're gonna agree on somewhere between sixty to one hundred percent. I think that's yeah. I, I think I think you're right. I think sixty is probably low. Um, uh, yeah, I think sixty is low, but you know, I think one hundred percent. I don't think you can say one hundred percent about much anything. So um, I think that would be high as well. Well, but we're not seeing any like cleaner apps or um, make your iPhone faster apps coming out any soon, like stores. Um, I don't think so, but um, who knows what we'll see from a, a Chinese developer? Maybe you know, maybe TikTok. We haven't talked about TikTok at all. Maybe they they've got um, yeah, they've obviously got the eyeballs uh, and they've got the the development capabilities. Um, they don't necessarily have a great. Hopefully. They don't have the relationships in the West to build yeah. this sort of thing, I don't think. Um, Hopefully and, TikTok uh, doesn't get banned by the time this episode is published. Yeah, I, I don't, it's not going to get banned. It's um, it's going it, to, you know, there's no way that they, that they would allow it to just not exist anymore. No way. They, it, will get, it will get sold if it has to, but I don't, even, I don't think that's realistic either. It's a whole, whole other topic. Yeah, for sure. For another episode. Exactly. Paul, oh. oh, thank you so much for your time. Cool. Thank you very much, Mel. Have a nice rest of the day. You too.